You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. Hello. Oh, my goodness. Right back here in America, huh? Oh. We had a great time in Montreal for the Just for Laughs Festival, and everyone, it was Just for Laughs. That's all it was for. Dude. Even when I almost got a concussion <laughs> hitting my head on a television set, it was still Just for Laughs. That was Just for Laughs. That was Just for Laughs. All right, so we got a lot to get to. Uh, we'll start with the health care bill that failed to pass, and I want to say, uh, number one, well, first of all, thanks to everyone who came out to our shows in Montreal. Of course. Yeah, wonderful. Great to meet you all. Uh, when it comes to the health care bill, my goodness, were people absolutely insane on social media. They were totally flippant. They didn't understand the process. John McCain, a man who uh, has brain cancer now, uh, went in and voted to allow the vote, to, uh, to allow debate to occur to potentially have a vote. Mm-hmm. And everyone on social media was like, he has brain cancer, but I hope he dies faster than the brain cancer can kill him. Oh, yeah. He deserves brain cancer. All of these horrible things because they didn't understand that all he was doing was voting on the right to debate to vote. Vote, which is a good thing. Yeah. That should have been a unanimous decision because obviously John McCain voted against the actual bill. But in order to vote against the bill, you have to vote to vote for the bill. It's a clunky, stupid process. But please do a little bit of research before you go and make death threats towards an American hero, regardless of politics. Just be a human being first and especially get the information right if you are going to demonize someone to the point that they demonized uh, the senators who voted to vote again to debate to vote. Yeah. And I, I admit, you know, like uh, John McCain, you know, he's definitely maverick in name only until, of course, this big no vote. Uh, he oh, votes. Awesome. He votes along the party lines almost 100 percent of the time. Yep. He talks a big game, uh, but he definitely did not deserve death threats. He definitely no. did not. De- and he didn't deserve to have the blood of 22 million children placed at his, you know, dumped on his fucking head. And you can imagine how much this that's disgusting. <laughs> that's a lot of kids blood. That's a lot of children's <laughs> blood. Yeah, that's many children's <laughs> blood. But yeah, it's. Everyone was like talking about oh how McCain God. is the biggest mass murderer since Chairman Mao, oh, uh, and they just didn't understand how the process worked no. in the least bit. And very smart people too, like people that I was very disappointed. I uh, followed a lot them, of people. Yeah, to see it, very smart people that I, I was very disappointed to see them uh, kind of fall for the retweet. And yes. I think that's all it is. It's it's like a retweet mentality where they see one person, one person yep. saying that McCain is an awful person. Yep. They say that like, oh yes, he should get brain cancer. McCain voted against the interests totally. of millions of Americans, and then they just go from there. And Lemur's not, off a cliff. God, it just, really is. Um, and uh, the, there was a very funny video uh, 
uh, John McCain walking in uh, to the Senate floor with the sound uh, sound music, uh, with the opening music, the entrance music of Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin. <laughs> it was so awesome. Uh, Mitch McConnell there, like crossing his arms, so giving pissed. him a, he just such a sourpuss. I love, I love it because that's the high drama, you know. And when he gives the thumb down, yeah. there's something very like Pontius Pilate about it. There's something very Roman about the thumbs down way to vote. I love a thumbs down. If you really want to make someone feel bad, don't flip them off. Give them a big <laughs> thumbs down. Thumbs down. Thumbs down, buddy. <laughs> that's what Chris Christie, that's what that dude who Chris Christie yelled at at the uh, at the Cubs game should have done. Yeah. He didn't have a chance to see Chris Christie screaming at someone who was heckling him because he is the worst governor in modern history, sitting at around 15% approval ratings. Uh, worse than, almost as bad as Rod Blagojevich, who was in prison. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Chris Christie screamed at this fan. But before he screamed at the fan, he didn't have the wherewithal to put his nachos down. <laughs> Such a huge pile of nachos You're in that man's hands. <laughs> He's so poly. He's so roly. And every photo op with him is just like, Big dude on a beach while no one else is around or screaming at someone while holding nachos. He has uh, he has ran out of fucks to give and you can tell, but he's still the governor mm-hmm. and he should probably uh, be focused on his job. Stop screaming at uh, possible constituents. Uh, well, he wants to instead just be eating his nachos. Mm-hmm. He did have a pretty good comeback, though. Why don't you have another beer? As he slams down <laughs> enough carbs and fat to kill a, a school bus full of children. Yeah, and, and he gave him like just the, the classic Jersey thing like, oh, you're a tough guy, huh? Oh, you're a tough guy? Uh-huh. Yeah, great, great. Give it to me. Come at me. Meanwhile, there's Secret Service around. The guy can't really, uh, you know, do anything yeah. uh, to Mr. Chris Christie. But yeah, back to the health care bill. Um, so Jim, John McCain did end up uh, voting against it. Uh, the only way it was able to even get to this point is uh, uh, Vice President Mike Pence had to cast his fourth tie-breaking vote in the Senate. That is quite a bit, considering we were only six months in. Uh, Herbert Walker Bush only had to... Um, uh, make a tie-breaking vote as vice president seven times, Cheney eight times. Of course, these were eight-year um, these were eight-year reigns as vice president, and of course, now Mike Pence has already had to do it four times, and that just shows you the gridlock, as General Stockdale <laughs> would say, that's happening right now uh, in Congress. Of course, Joe Biden zero tie-breaking votes uh, in the Senate. So it is a lot. Mike Pence is a very active vice president, Mm -hmm. more active than vice presidents um, in recent history, although now that I say that, I immediately think about uh, Dick Cheney in the first term of W, a very influential vice president. By the second term, he had sort of worn out his uh, welcome, and he didn't have quite as much say in policy creation. But Mike Pence is, without a doubt, transforming the role of vice president and really making an significant office, specifically given the turbulence in Trump's White House and the inexperience of Donald Trump as president. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, Mike Pence has been a great stabilizing factor. Of course, uh, I have no love lost for the man. I think he was an atrocious governor of Indiana, social conservative, and has done some awful things when it comes to policy. But when it comes to structure, he understands government. You know how many hours they've spent since 2011 trying to get Obamacare repealed? The Republicans? How many? 377.6 hours. They've spent 16 Jeez. solid 24-hour days trying to get Obamacare repealed since 2011. And they wonder why they're sitting at 9% approval ratings. Mm. I mean, this is exactly why. You know, Donald Trump isn't even doing—Donald Trump is doing much better than Congress as a whole— 
Um, I mean, and just not that much better. Not that even, much better. Even his pet Rasmussen poll, the one that he's always called the most accurate one, Rasmussen has him at a 61% disapproval rating. Oh, his disapproval ratings are absolutely huge. Yeah, that's right. The ones, the polls from last week had him around 40% uh, approval rating, which for a president six months in is like shockingly low. Usually yeah. a president, we talked about this on the last episode, that's second term fatigue one year left lame duck approval rating status yeah and uh, and he already has it within six months because everything he's done has been so outside the norm and americans are just at the end of the day really getting stressed out yeah <laughs> they are yeah. so sick of waking up in the morning uh and hearing new policies put forward via twitter from donald coming from donald trump and it is it is becoming and we talked we joked about this before on the show I think it's going to lead to a heart condition for people years down the line. Be like, did you live under President Trump? <laughs> You've got the Trump heart condition that we've seen. It's sort of like a, it's a ring of fat and stress mm-hmm. around your major arteries. So he took 13 years off your life. <laughs> well, that's what people don't realize about, you know, you say him uh, putting forth new policies through Twitter. The whole transgender yeah. military ban. Oh, my goodness. That's we not, have to get into that. That's not law. Like, no. just him saying shit on Twitter doesn't make it law. It does not make it policy. Mm-mm. That's just him saying shit. It is absolutely insane. And what happened with that, uh, just to close out the health care bill. So right now it's not going to go forward. Mitch McConnell is extremely upset. I don't see a path forward for the bill. Uh, you still have Susan Collins uh, out of Maine. You have Murkowski out of Alaska. Both of them voted not to debate the vote. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of nipped it in the bud there. Again, I think they should be debating. Um, but then, of course, you also have Ron Johnson. You have uh, you have that entire Freedom Caucus uh, uh, in the Republican Party, probably the most influential senators, the, that 20 people. They kind of hold the entire party hostage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Republican Party tends to go with the more conservative-leaning members of their caucus. Uh, and the Murkowskis and Collinses of the world, the moderates of the world, usually go along with them. Mm-hmm. In this case, they'll have to go along with them if the, if the Republicans have any chance of passing this. But at the end of the day, uh, it does not do nearly enough for the members of the Freedom Caucus to actually repeal uh, Obamacare. Um, as Let's go through some of the numbers and then we can get into the trans bill. So this is just some of the numbers uh, when it comes to the vote in, um, in the Senate. For healthcare. Well, I mean, it doesn't really do us any good to go through the Democrat votes because those it's are none. all. It's not. <laughs> it's zero. Uh, repeal, With great prejudice, no. <laughs> With repeal and replace, uh, nine Republicans voted no. Uh, partial repeal, seven voted no. And skinny repeal, three voted no. That would be okay. uh, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and John McCain that all voted no on that. So do we know what this skinny repeal thing is? Skinny repeal was, you know, skinny. It's just skin. <laughs> it was a, a skin. I mean, I couldn't. I think it would do less, to, less uh, gutting uh, of, of Medicaid and Medicare and things like that. The, I, the uh, issues that, of course, the constituents in Maine and Alaska and all across this country uh, are, it's very significant uh, to those working yeah. class individuals who support the Republican Party and many, many of them who supported Donald Trump. Well, it's uh, the skinny repeal. Uh, they called it the Health Care Freedom Act. Uh, Always. It's it, always fun. It's always fun. Who would be against the Health Care Freedom Act? I mean, come on, man. I love freedom so fucking much. I it like makes healthcare. my fucking dick hard. Wow. <laughs> health Care Freedom Act? Who could go against that? Well, that would have repealed the mandates that most individuals uh, have health insurance and that large employers cover 
their employees, among other provisions. But those are the two big ones that, you okay. know, because, you know, it was that whole thing. What was it? Anybody over 35 employees has to provide health insurance for their employees. Yeah, I believe it was 40. Uh, I think it was like 50 or 49. Anyone over Somewhere 49. Around. And I do understand. Uh, as a matter of fact, the economy is doing OK. Our GDP is it's about two point two. I think right now it's doing better than it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, of course, do credit Barack Obama for that. But uh, Donald Trump certainly should be taking uh, the credit. The president always gets to take the credit. Mm-hmm. Of course, he steps in his own way every single time there's any possible uh, ability for a good news story. He's and, like, let's squash it. And we don't want good been. news around here. I mean, there actually has been a couple of opportunities for him to put forth some good economic news, some things yep. that he has done uh, that have been positive for the economy. But every single time, he's just stepping all over his own dick and tripping and falling on his own face. Absolutely. Okay, so that's what happened with health care. Again, I don't see the path forward with the bill as it is. Maybe they can get it together. Uh, it is just hilarious to me that Paul Ryan... He just promised for eight years or seven years under Barack Obama that he had the best health care bill in the history of health care bills. No one can see it. It's under lock and key. It's a McCarthy tactic. Just leave the briefcase closed and let them know there's there's but just tell people there's very significant documents in there. And of course, as we learned with McCarthy, it's nothing but vodka and nudie magazines and maybe a couple of loose cigarettes. I mean, I don't really don't see why he had to keep the bill secret for so long. Because it was nonsense. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't see the rationale. Like, I don't see the actual rationale. I mean, we all know why he kept it, but I don't yeah. see the, the rationale that they could possibly put forward. I mean, it's like, were they afraid that the Democrats were going to steal their ideas? Were they, I, don't, I yeah. mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. Nothing about it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely does not make sense. And this is a massive blow uh, to the Trump administration, although they are looking okay when it comes to tax reform. Uh, Donald Trump coming out, and this is something that Donald Trump should have started with tax reform, bipartisan tax reform. He did talk about taxing the wealthy, giving tax breaks to the middle class. I was on Kennedy on Fox Business. Uh, she hated the idea of Donald Trump's health care bill or uh, of Donald Trump's tax uh, reform. So it's probably a good uh, idea <laughs> uh, if, 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 if the hardcore libertarians are like against it um, because it taxes the wealthy too much. It might not be the worst idea. Of course, Donald Trump was talking about having a meeting with his good friend, Bob Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. And he said, Bob told me, Bob told me he can pay more. He can pay more. What's isn't Bob Kraft the guy that Vladimir Putin stole the ring from? Oh, yeah. He still got it. <laughs> he still got it. He stole his Super Bowl ring and he never did. gave it back? Never. He actually, he, Putin's, I mean, what a strong, what a, such it's a all best. coming together. It's all coming together. It's all together. coming together. I mean, that's the, that's the final, Putin, that's the final connection right there. Putin asked to see Bob Kraft's Super Bowl ring. He showed it to him and then he just put it in his pocket and then he all walked away. <laughs> uh, and then Bob Kraft was like, okay. That's not a rumor. That happened. That totally happened. <laughs> Putin is also closing down multiple U.S. embassies in Russia. 755 U.S. diplomats uh, will be uh, leaving the country. Um, which is sort of a retaliation to some of the things that are going on as, as far as sanctions mm-hmm. uh, in Russia. So Putin is, you know, flexing some muscle in Russia. And uh, at this point, Donald Trump has, uh, hasn't even commented on that. Um, it's certainly a retaliation of uh, the two embassies in New York and in Massachusetts, the one in New York and the one in Massachusetts being closed uh, by Barack Obama in December of 2016 after we found out about the Russian collusion. That was 35 diplomats uh, that were uh, 
escorted out of the country. Many of them, of course, were most likely individuals who were spying for the Russian government. That's just how it works. Yeah. I mean, and don't kid yourself, people. I mean, even though, like, we can sit here and laugh about the mooch, which we will get to. Oh, we got to get to the scare mooch. <laughs> we got to get to the scare mooch. Day, you know, I lost my job in Taco Bell at Taco Bell in oh. 11 days. <laughs> so I actually beat the mooch. I believe it lasted 10. <laughs> well, I mean, there are some serious things going on with Russia. There are some very serious very things serious, going on yeah. with North Korea. Absolutely. Like, North you know, Korea just um, launched an ICBM. Uh, into the Sea of Japan. Very hostile actions happening right now. They're very braggadocious. The Russians, as a matter of fact, just had, after a hundred year... Um, after a hundred years, they haven't done this in a hundred years. They did a celebration of their naval fleets, mm-hmm. um, which was without a doubt um, uh, saber rattling. You know, a lot of rally around the flag. The Russians are very good at military theater, mm-hmm. as we saw during the Cold War when they would fly the same planes over and over and over again. And the U.S. was like, they have to have millions and millions of planes, mm-hmm. but they had like eight. Yeah. Um, of course, those are exaggerated numbers on both sides, but the military. The, they understand military theater better than anyone else. Yes, they absolutely do. So, yes, and a lot of things happened. I thought you were going to talk there, but then I just took a sip of water. I had nothing to add. Okay, uh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, so let's go on. Yeah, that's the the things that are happening right now in the world are very serious. Yes. And that is one of the things that has a lot of people unnerved. A lot of people are, are scared of the Trump presidency, the Trump White House, the destabilized uh, situation that's happening both internally in Washington and externally all over the globe, really does have people stressed uh, and in fear uh, for the future of this country. And and I understand that. Uh, These are big issues. These are real issues. And despite the juvenile nature of of American politics right now, it's still an adult world. And uh, so I get the... um, I get the the stress that's coming from both sides of the political aisle. If you're a Republican, uh, in a lot of ways, you want to be rational. You are completely aghast with what you see coming out of the White House. Your arms are tied. And if you're a Democrat, uh, you know, you just feel as if uh, that party has done such a horrible job of courting people in the middle of this country. you got to start from uh, the ground up and rebuild this entire party. Both parties have massive, massive amounts of work to do, and they're facing all of this work uh, under the um, umbrella of massive foreign affair issues that are happening uh, and really serious military saber rattling going on all over the world. Mm-hmm. Not to mention what's happening with immigration, and we're going to get into that because this plays into the transgender situation that happened via Twitter. So Donald Trump tweeted this past Tuesday, and keep in mind, Donald Trump promised to be the most pro LGBTQ candidate and president in modern U.S. history. Of course, Caitlyn Jenner, I don't even like to reference her, but uh, you know she was a, a big proponent of Donald Trump. And now we see where his true colors lie. On Twitter on Tuesday morning, uh, Donald Trump tweeted, our military must be focused on decisive and overwhelming victory and cannot be burdened with the tremendous medical costs and disruption that transgender in the military would entail, which is a complete and utter lie. The The U.S. military gets $600 billion a year. They spend um, roughly $8 million a year. Uh, if every of these 8,000 people who are transgender in the military right now chose to get the uh, gender reassignment surgery, it would cost roughly $8 million. Mm-hmm. They have the money. Viagra, I believe the Viagra costs are something like 8 point, I think they're in the 80s. The military spends $41.6 million annually on Viagra alone. And that's not even <laughs> counting uh, Cialis. So the 
this idea that Wait, it, listen, say that one more time. I think that really that forty one point six million dollars annually annually on Viagra. That's what the military spends on Viagra. Forty one point six million. Forty one point six million dollars spent on Viagra uh-huh. to do the gender reassignment surgery for every transgender member who at least <clears throat> comes out and says they're in the military would cost eight million dollars. And President 8.4. Trump is saying that we cannot afford that. Yes. So by contrast, total military spending on erectile dysfunction medicines amounts to $84 million, 10 times the cost of annual transition-related medical care for active-duty transgender service members. So he just picked a minority group within the military, chose to use them as a wedge issue, completely, completely throw them under the bus another... You know, not to be too uh, cliche, but the poem, uh, you know, when when they came for blank, I yeah, said yeah. nothing. It no. is like, how many groups does he have to alienate? How many people does he have to um, make feel less American or not wanted in America before he has zero coalition whatsoever? His coalition is already extremely small. The only people that seem to be hardening their support for Donald Trump are bigots and morons. Yeah. Um, well, this is revenge. This that, is revenge. That's, well, a, that's all this was. This, uh, this so is. It, it goes back to a, a, the budget spending bill, mm-hmm. uh, which didn't pass anyway. But the Republicans, again, going back to the Freedom Caucus, they wanted this anti-transgender um, uh, policy in there. And if Trump did not give them that, he would not get the one point, I believe it was $1.6 billion to begin building the border wall. A useless wall. The majority of drugs and immigrants coming into our country come from the ports. So it doesn't even matter. It's a totally moot, ridiculously stupid idea. But that just shows you this racist, stupid policy, this this border wall, ha- now has a mo- even more nefarious um, legacy when it comes to transgender individuals. So Trump wanted that border wall funding so badly, he was just willing to throw out 8,000 members, active members of the U.S. military who put their lives on the line on a daily basis uh, for us. Uh, he just threw them under the bus so he could fund a ridiculously stupid border wall that without a doubt the next administration even if they're Republican, are going to take down. Well, if it even gets built for, to begin with. I mean, if it even gets built to begin with. I mean, they're mm-hmm. definitely, I mean, this this stupid fucking border wall, like, do you honestly think, like, the as slow as the wheels of government turn, something that huge, a public works project that huge, do you think it's going to get done? Even if he lasts all eight years, it's not going to get every, done in that time. I, and he will not last eight years. Every ounce, every pound, every uh, every bit of that steel and cement poured in to make that border wall should be used for infrastructure. Yeah, that should be used for for bridges, for for buildings. I mean, we have we we drive all across this country now. We've seen a lot of America, and it is a lot of places. You're like, my, forget a border wall, get them a highway. Yeah, you know, I mean, there is just so many. There's so much need in this country right now, and the money is all there. We just allocate these funds like such jackasses. Our government does does a, such a disservice when it comes to using our tax dollars in a relevant, uh, positive way for the American people. That that's why again their approval rating is ten percent, nine percent on a good day. Yeah, I mean, we could use this money to get more. We could give this money as grants to kids to go to college so they don't have to be in debt. I mean, I know totally. we already spend. A, I think we spend the most money per student uh, on education, right? We spend around a hundred thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, uh, in, in we spend more money per student than any other country on earth, and our and our education is 
failing us miserably. Mm. Well, because of standardized testing, Common Core, those sorts of things. Of course. That are just taking power away from teachers. Yeah, but that stupid border wall, that could be so used dumb. that it could be used to send so many kids to college tuition free. Right. I mean, it could be used to take down medical costs. It could be used for so many things that could actually help Americans in very tangible, very real ways. People that support this border wall, your lives could be made so much better in so many other different ways. Uh-huh. That money could be allocated in so many ways to make your life personally better. And this border wall, when it goes up, is not going to make your life one iota better. No, and the people who live on the border don't want this they don't want this wall because they have to live there and yeah. they don't want to feel imprisoned, almost like um, Palestinians in, in a strange way, uh, imprisoned in their own country. They're just going to be looking out at a huge wall. I mean, it, it is it is counterproductive, uh, completely not necessary, will not ca- will not solve the problem it's attempting to solve and is going to do nothing but project uh, horrible um, U.S. policies and uh, and let everyone know exactly what we think about immigrants and Donald Trump's recent speech that he gave to the police uh, in uh, I believe it was Long Island mm-hmm. was one of the most vile speeches I've ever heard in my life. Uh, these police the applause the applause lines were so awful they, they applauded and shouted. You would have thought it was a World Cup match when Donald Trump was talking about roughing up prisoners when he was talking about the M the MS thirteen gang the MS thirteen gang. First of all, there's already laws in place. You can't be a member of a gang. You can't have weapons charges. You can't sell illegal drugs. There's already rules. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea that we haven't been tough enough on crime is a total lie, complete and utter misnomer, and the cops that were cheering Donald Trump should lose their badges because it proved that they don't have the mental capacity to actually be um, non-prejudicial uh, officers of the law. Yeah. I mean, did you listen to that speech? I did. I mean, it was. I was like, what the hell is... These are the people who police Manhattan, who police Brooklyn... The Bronx, those are our cops. Mm-hmm. And the things that they were cheering uh, uh, for when Donald Trump was saying them, it was it was like asinine. It was like watching a, a dystopian uh, history movie. Mm-hmm. It was like, how did anyone ever let this happen? Uh, and we're living in it in real time. I mean, even by Donald Trump's own words, you know, as, uh, concerning the border wall, it's not even going to stop catapults. It doesn't. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's only It only goes five feet down. It, you know, and we talked about this on the show. I mean, I wasn't saying that seriously. It wouldn't stop catapults. <laughs> it wouldn't stop anything. It's not going to work. They're not using catapults they're to ju- fucking throw drugs over, over the <laughs> No, I mean, it, it is totally useless. And Kate's Law is the same way. It sounds really good in, in theory. Uh, we're just going to be sentencing these people to harsh prison sentences, and then when they're done with twenty five thousand, when they're t- when when they're done with twenty five years, costing the U.S. taxpayer an average of twenty two thousand dollars per inmate, uh, we're just going to deport them, which is going to be another stress on the American taxpayer. Also, they can have their prison industrial complex. Also, they can have slavery under the guise of criminal justice, and uh, it is absolutely obvious and pathetic. And uh, we should get into the Jeff Sessions thing. We have so much to talk about. Oh yeah. my goodness! But anyway. Uh, just going back to the trans issue one more time, um, the upper estimate for annual transgender uh, medical costs in the military amounts to less than a tenth of the price of a new F-35 fighter jet or a thousandth of one percent of the t- of the Defense Department's annual budget. So a thousandth of one percent. It just it's totally inconsequential, uh, inconsequential and um, 
obviously just Donald Trump turning his back on a group of people that uh, some wanted to really believe him. Oh, he just you wants know? he just wanted to hurt liberals in some way. He wanted to feel well, good. Well, now he's getting butt hurt, isn't he? He, he wanted to feel good about himself yep. because he had been defeated. Uh, he needed something uh, to boost his ego a little yep. bit. He needed a punch back and that was the best way that he could that was well, the that, that was in his mind the best way that he could possibly do it. He is such a child and doesn't understand leadership. So this is him, yeah, like you just said, this is him taking his vengeance on the lack of support he gets from the LGBTQ community. Uh, Not just LGBT, just uh, just liberals yeah. in general. He's like, what a, what do liberals love? What's a, what's right. a liberal issue here? Transgender. What can I do about that? Well, let's kick him out of the military. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, even though it's not any sort of policy at all. It's a it's, Twitter. It's a tweet. It is. Yeah. It, it, it is a tweet. And that is very true. This is not enacted as policy. This is simply. And it won't be enacted as policy. Uh, it's so awful. Anyway, that so our hearts always uh, are with the uh, trans individuals all across this country and all across the world, uh, especially you know when when they see bigoted things like this coming from the the most powerful office, uh, some say in the world, at the very least in the country, and I believe in the world. Uh, it's just how what a slap in the face. Can you imagine serving in the U.S. military? We should get off this, but just serving in the U.S. military every single day, going through basic training. I did Fox News radio and a lot of calls in from military people. And one of the concerns, many of the military people are like, it does not matter uh, when you're on the front lines fighting. You don't think about the genitalia of the person you're fighting against. Uh, but then there was some people saying, uh, you know, uh, can they pass the tests? Uh, you know, it, it, you know, all these sorts of things. And it's like if they. They are working with the same set of standards as people who are non-transgender. If they can pass all of the physical requirements, they should be allowed to serve in the United States military uh, on beh- to protect uh, Americans. And specifically what happened in the late 90s when they ended up kicking out some gay individuals. A lot of those people were the translators mm-hmm. that, that knew how to speak, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the native tongue of many of the um, uh, Middle Eastern countries that we are constantly uh, attempting to invade. And so that they could have prevented theoretically another 9/11. I, I just when you just get rid of the orientation, get rid of um, you know whatever it might be. These are soldiers. These are people who want to help out America, and for them to be um, treated this way by the president, the man who is supposed to be in charge, the commander in chief of the military, is absolutely abhorrent, completely beyond the pale, and one of the uh, one of the more saddening moments of this past six months of course and really the uh, influence of the presidency it is um it is falling it is falling every single day this, i mean there's yeah. already every other country in the world are already lo- they're not looking to us anymore mm-hmm. they don't want to deal with this they're looking for other alliances totally. they're looking for uh, other partnerships they don't want anything to do with this and i don't fucking blame them I mean, I wouldn't want if I were to do business with somebody else and I saw a person like Donald Trump sitting across the table from me. I'm like, nah, I'm I'm not going to do this. I'm not, I'm yeah. going to go with I'm going to find something else. I'm going to find somebody else because this is uh, it is insane. Yeah. What's well, going on here? Um, so let's get into some shakeups. I mean, there are again, you know, the economy is doing OK. There was a big Foxconn deal in Wisconsin, totally overshadowed because of these tweets and things like that. Uh, and then, of course, what's happening within the White House with the shakeups uh, when it comes to Donald Trump and NATO. NATO is NATO countries are paying four point seven percent more. So they have gotten some uh, money from the nations who were paying less than two percent of their GDP into NATO. You're supposed to pay two percent. We pay roughly three point three percent. So that was kind of a mild victory for Donald Trump in a way. 
um, trying to find some of the positive things, but you can't even find them because you got to get through like a truffle hog. You got to get through so <laughs> much dirt and crap yeah. to find anything that is mildly good about this administration. But let's go into the shakeups uh, that occurred over this past week. My God. So it starts with Sean Spicer. Uh-huh. He is out as communications director. He technically is still employed there for, yeah. I believe, until August 15th. They brought in Anthony Scaramucci. Um, Anthony Scaramucci was, I mean, how do you, what do you describe this guy as? He's almost like a Sex in the City character. Yeah. I mean, he's just like so over the top New York. The Mooch. The Mooch. He calls I mean, himself he's not, the Mooch. I wouldn't say he's New He's Long Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that guy's Long Island. So he comes in. Uh, Reince Priebus is immediately out as chief of staff. Priebus and Scaramucci, they don't like each other. And Scaramucci, for a moment, for uh, for a brief moment, got the victory over Reince Priebus, got him out as chief of staff. Former Homeland Security advi- uh, uh, chief um, John Kelly, General John Kelly, now filled that position. Then we have the situation happening with Jeff Sessions, of course, the sitting attorney general. This is an area where I agree with Donald Trump, even we, even though we disagree uh, I disagree with the reasons he doesn't like Jeff Sessions, but I hate Jeff Sessions. Mm-hmm. So I like the Trump hates Jeff Sessions, although for two completely different reasons. He's in the hot seat uh, when it comes to being attorney general. Really insane what Donald Trump has tweeted about him. Uh, there is some rumors out there that Jeff Sessions might go fill the Department of Homeland Security position in which um, – Uh, Lindsey Graham, of course, the senator of South Carolina, has said that that would be the end of the Trump administration uh, and the Trump presidency. But we've heard it's going to be the end of Trump something or another for the past two years. So Mm -hmm. who the hell knows? Yeah, who knows? And then, of course, uh, Scaramucci, uh, the reason why he is now out. The amazing thing. I love this interview so much. This is how fast things happen now. So fast. We didn't even get one episode with the Mooch. We had to go to Montreal for one, (laughs) just for laughs. We had to go just for laughs. And we missed uh, the, the world change. He was in and he was out between two episodes yes. that we had to record. Uh, well, Scaramucci called up. Uh, it was a reporter from the New Yorker, correct? Uh, it was Chris Eliza. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, it was a, a reporter, and he just starts going off about Reince Priebus. Yeah. Uh, he starts going off just about everything because uh, he was saying that Reince Priebus is uh, the leaker. That's he start, yeah. He's uh, the, spreading the rumor that Priebus is the leaker, and he said... Uh, uh, Reince is a fucking paranoid schizophrenic, a paranoiac. And then he channeled uh-huh. Priebus saying like, oh, Bill Shine's coming in. Let me leak the fucking thing and see if I can cockblock those people the way I cockblocked Scaramucci for six months. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he goes on to say, I'm not Steve Bannon. I'm not trying to suck my own cock. But you do get a feeling Steve Bannon tries to do that on a regular basis. Oh, we've all tried at some point, but <laughs> Steve Bannon's trying way past the point when you should be giving up. Uh, so that conversation apparently... Uh, Peeved off President Trump, although he has no uh, leg to stand. I guarantee you, it didn't peeve him off. I guarantee yeah. the only he didn't even tweet about that. I yeah. guarantee the only reason why Scaramucci is out is because Kelly. Ca- yeah. I think the only reason why Kelly came in is like, if I come in, I am not having that fucking dickhead Scaramucci working for me. He yeah. has to leave. That's the only way I'm going to do it. Because it is the one. Is it chief of staff of the Trump White House? I think is the worst possible job in Washington right now. Well, Reince really did think that he was going to be able to sort of rein in the president and, you know, try to um, try to, to train him a little bit more how to be presidential. And I think he quickly found out that uh, when you try to do that and when you go against the president, you're just kind of thrown to the wayside the exact same way that Sean Spicer was thrown uh, to the wayside. Uh, you know, for example, being a very Catholic man, Mr. Spicer, 
President Trump not letting him meet the Pope. Mm-hmm. You know, just those little things where he just sends these very clear messages that you're no longer, I'm no longer supporting you. When it comes to uh, Jeff Sessions, the exact same thing with the Twitter storms uh, raging against uh, Jeff Sessions and the d- disgusting excuse that Scaramucci gave in his short time um, as, a, as a Trump administration official um, talking about how it was basically Donald Trump talking to Jeff Sessions because Jeff Sessions follows him on Twitter, but Jeff Sessions doesn't follow him on Twitter. And Jeff Sessions' last tweet was 2014. Yeah. Uh, so all of that stuff is just total nonsense and complete and utter lies. Yeah, and Scaramucci coming back and uh, say, instead of apologizing, saying like, you know, I really shouldn't have spoke that way, but uh, a fellow White House uh, staff member, uh, he said, well, I'm never going to trust a reporter again. Yeah, and it's the, the reporter's fault that he recorded you and told him that you were going to be on the record. Like, Good. <laughs> Tell me when to go. So in other words, Scaramucci, uh, the communications director, doesn't understand understand communications. <laughs> he doesn't understand how reporting oh, works. He, I don't goodness. think he understands what on the record means. No. And this is what's amazing about this guy. The ten In the 10 days that he was White House communications director, he sold his company. Yep. He divorced his wife. This is actually very sad. He missed, missed his son. Yeah. The missed the birth of his son and it's not sad for Scaramucci it's sad for his fucking son and it's yeah. sad for his fucking wife well he's got I mean I would he's a human I would assume that that does uh, that's gotta hurt I don't I can't no no Scaramucci, nothing I would ever do would no, make me him. miss no uh, I don't I don't care yeah. about Scaramucci I don't care about his humanity it's sad though. like he is he chose to do that he didn't have yeah. to do that he, he absolutely chose to not be present for the birth of his son yeah I know that's uh, that is the sad human side of all of this. You know, there is there are families involved and this stuff is very real. And naturally, uh, yeah, naturally, he's uh, he and his wife are not doing too well uh, at this point. But we only wish them the best, I guess. I don't know. There's a there's some some rumors about affairs going around, but I cannot be leaking those here on this show. <laughs> but I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you off air about that. Um, so what a uh, what an insane week. What an insane couple of days here. Um, the one thing Scaramucci was able to do, this is actually a good thing. Try to be, uh, try to point out some positives. He did get the cameras back in the White House press room, yeah. which is something that no communications director should even have to do because how are their cameras ever out of the White House press room? Yeah. Uh, but that is, so he did get cameras back in there. So now we can all, uh, listen and see Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And I'm not going to make any jokes. <laughs> So there we go. I'm going to be better than that. I'm the going one, to go high. The one thing that uh, that worries me about Kelly is that it, I'm worried that Kelly could be the one to whip everyone into shape. I'm wor- That's the I'm, goal. I'm really worried that Kelly is going to be the one to get the White House to get their shit together. Well, that that is the goal, and that's you know he's going to bring that military style, which is something that Donald Trump always talks about. He loves the military. He loves the military style, but then he is the most un uh disciplined un- disciplined yeah exactly undisciplined president we've ever had he likes these things in in a very movie sense he doesn't mm-hmm. have it like the real world military style is buttoned up and like you don't get out of line it's boring as shit it's very boring yeah. that's what, why i never got into the military also i felt like i was too tall and uh <laughs> and the, the just the the, the push up call me Comey? yeah yeah well he was fbi yeah but i mean i guess he was a cop at one point yeah, well, he's thinner than I am, and he can do push-ups and stuff like that. I'm not. A, I'm not kind of like that. Um, a couple of things about General John Kelly. Uh, this is this is a big appointment for uh, the Trump White House. So many crazy things happening, and at some point they do have to stop these leaks. They have to get this White House under control because, for the time being, this is the United States government. 
Um, so I do want some stru- structure. I, and I, hopefully General uh, John Kelly can bring that. He's a four-star general. Uh, John Kelly needs to start strong if he wants to create order in the White House as chief of staff, which is sort of what he's doing, sending the message, get Scary Moochie out of here. Um, and um, we'll see what happens uh, with all that. Kelly should learn from Ryan's Priebus's mistakes. Priebus's mistakes were just trying to rein in the president. And then perhaps Ryan's, who was a very close friend, a uh, very close friend with Paul Ryan, of course, the Speaker of the House. Mm. They are like best friends. So you wonder, is this a little revenge for Paul Ryan not being able to get health care passed as well? That's the way the, that's the way Donald Trump uh, sees things. Yeah. You know, it's always trying to his vision of winning is someone else losing. Yeah. And there is no vic- how do the American people benefit from any of this? Uh, Kelly needs to get a process in place, demand every staffer follow it and have the president's backing. And if Trump refuses to back him, Kelly should resign immediately. This is according to Sarah Fagan uh, in the CNBC. And I agree with those. Those are four things he has to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there is not a when it's only a matter of when. When is Donald Trump? When is General Kelly going to say something or do something that Donald Trump doesn't like, such as Jeff Sessions recusing himself from the Russian scandal? When is it going to happen? It's only a matter of time because Donald Trump is a man, baby. And he refuses to have anyone with a different opinion than him in his uh, in his administration. And of course, uh, at some point, it's going to happen. No, well, of course, because uh, what's going to happen is uh, Kelly is going to say one thing. Trump's mm-hmm. going to come out on Twitter and say the exact opposite. Right. And Kelly's going to have to go back. And cut, Kelly's going to have to go against him. That's what happens with Everyone. every single one of these people. Right. So we have a different. Uh, we've had now two communications directors, two chief of staffs. Um, multiple um, um, press secretaries. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with Jeff Sessions as, a, as AG? It seems like it's inevitable he has to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when two the, when, FBI directors. Two FBI directors. Uh, this idea that uh, Donald Trump wants to get an AG in there that would then help him fire uh, Special Counsel Robert Mueller is insane, which it seems like that's what he wants to do. So that's why I'm saying it looks like Given the tweets and given just the obvious uh, disdain that the Trump administration has now for Jeff Sessions, seems like it's just an unattainable or untenable situation. Mm-hmm. How, how do you be the attorney general and have the president actively going against everything that you're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, get Jeff Sessions out of there. What he's done when it comes to uh, criminal justice is horrible already in six months or how long uh, he's been there for about, what, four months or so. Uh, he is the uh, awful awful attorney general passing extremely uh, significant criminal justice policies that are going to lead to massive uh, continued massive rates of incarceration real life stuff mm-hmm. telling prosecutors to go for the harshest session sentences in in drug offenses things like that that's real life stuff for people and families all across this country and you could if you are a social conservative the family unit is being destroyed by our criminal justice system. So if you want, I don't even care. Let's just say you do want a a man and a wife. That's a family, a husband and a wife. Okay. Well, they're getting ripped apart on a daily basis from our predatory policing practices, from our horrible immigration uh, policies that are being put in place. And Jeff Sessions is the major um, proponent of all that is wrong with the United States criminal justice system. Of course, invested in geo group, core civic, private prisons, which make up 12% of the nation's uh, prison system. 
and housed the vast majority of undocumented people. So Jeff Sessions looks like he's going to be gone. This is six months in. Six months in. And, I mean, uh, you know, and if you are a Trump supporter out there, like, you know, just really take heart that Donald Trump has been golfed, uh, been golfing eight times in just the month of July. His his travel budget, it's looking like it's going to be more uh, than Donald uh, than Barack Obama's was in eight years. Was it 28 million it's so insane. far? It, uh, it is. 20, 28. Uh, it's in the double digits above 20 million uh, without a doubt. Yes, he has gone golfing eight times times so uh even more than that i think it, eight times in july alone oh in july yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Say, oh, because no. yeah he's definitely gone more <laughs> oh, than eight times well oh no no, no he it's, loves it yeah he is uh mm. either and he has also hit up one of his uh, personal businesses on every single weekday yeah yeah so, so. he uh, he uh absolutely is uh he's checked out and yeah. he's going to continue to be checked out. Uh, he well, doesn't give a fuck about you. I'm I gonna, I'm just going to keep saying it. He does not give a fuck about you. He well, does not give a fuck about this country. He gives a fuck yeah. about himself, and that is it. And, and that's polls, all it ever will be. Uh, polls are reflecting, uh, you know, that he is out of touch. Uh, he is less than, I believe uh, it was somewhere in the 60s as well in a couple of polls last uh, week when the question was, do you feel like the president has your best interest in mind or represents you? He's losing a lot of that support yeah. uh, that he had. There are some good uh, job report news, but uh, it is just all getting so overwhelmed by by so much of the the bad stuff. The a few good things with jobs uh, that is good. Let's give some credit there. Sure. Um, and then everything else. <laughs> so it's <laughs> just, just the, really just difficult. The, yeah, the furious incompetence. And you know the immigrant uh, situation. It's affecting a lot of the farmers who voted for Donald Trump. They can't find a workforce anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not a lot of Americans want to go pick strawberries for two fifty an hour. Uh, it's just not happening. And uh, so the the entire economic uh, is he's destabilizing the entire economic. Uh, groundwork of our entire country, which at the end of the day is predicated on cheap labor, mm-hmm. and um, so there's a lot of those farmers who are looking at a field full of full of produce that no one's picking, and they're wondering what the hell happened and who the hell they vote for, um, because the immigrants in this country, and we've said it before, um, 34,000 people killed in uh, in Mexico 2016. Only worst country is Syria with 50,000. The vast majority coming over here are refugees. And there are a couple, of course, there's a couple of horrible people coming over here, joining gangs, but it's already illegal. Yeah. And we're already incarcerating those people. So all of this stuff, this whole we're not tough on tough enough on crime, this Nixonian idea, this dog whistle politics um, is just totally counterproductive and anti-American. And that's why 27% of Americans, according to a Bloomberg poll, believe that Donald Trump will last the full four years. That's it. That's it. That's it. And that's Rasmussen? Uh, I believe that was a Bloomberg poll. Is that Bloomberg? Okay. Um, But just 27, you know, and that's... uh, um, there's other polls that have a similar number uh, attached to this uh, to the question, do you think he's going to last four years? And so six months in, and who the heck knows what else is going to happen uh, within these next couple of months. And we'll just see um, where this administration goes. And the American people, uh, you know, they want rational leadership, and uh, neither side has given it to us, and we got to figure something out by 2018. Otherwise, we're going to be in dire straits. Yeah, I mean, well— you know, I mean, who knows if he's going to be uh, lasting the entire four years, but he, just as long as uh, he still gets to play a round of golf every five and a half days like oh he's doing now, gracious. then maybe he will last. Maybe he will decide that it's good for him. Yeah, getting good and good with his backswing, I suppose. 
Um, all right. Well, I think that's basically it. I'm sure we've missed something here or there. <laughs> There's so much stuff. It just happens. It, it's just so much. It's so much. Every day. Um, so get out there. Be active. You can change everything in your local communities. That's where it all starts. Um, and uh, we'll just have to start getting people in in politics at a local level to slowly change the tide it's a it's tough to it's tough to change directions on a huge ship and there's no denying the u.s government's a massive ship but we got to slowly start doing it uh with people who are just normal individuals who have the best interest of their neighbors in mind as opposed to these maniacs who go to washington and just talk to the lobbyists and i mean you know these that's the other thing with this health care bill it's like it's just such a just like Obamacare, it's just such a money grab. Eight hundred billion dollars. That's what the healthcare industry made under Obamacare. Yeah. And they're going to make the exact same, or not, if not more, um, when we're it comes not, to this. So. Remember, we're not saying Obamacare is great. No, it has to be fixed. Everyone yeah. agrees it has to be fixed. Everyone knows it has to be fixed. Absolutely. And now Donald Trump is saying let it fail. Oh, it's I mean, horrible. How's that, how's that going to help us? Exactly. How's that going to help and, and any American? How does that? We're Americans. I don't want a president who is just like let it go, let it. Fail. It's like I'm not your social experiment. Yeah. You know, fix the goddamn thing. Do what you're supposed to do. I don't. These are real lives attached to these policies. And you just get the feeling it, they just they're to, totally detached from that idea. They don't care. Uh, it, it's un, it's unbelievable. Let it fail. I mean, that is just ridiculous. I mean, I agree. I actually don't. I, I don't like the employer mandate when it comes to uh, to Obamacare. We can uh, address, uh, address that issue. Sure. We, we need people to have options in their small towns. They're just oftentimes you can't. It doesn't matter if you have universal health care, if there's no health care to, to choose from so we have to fix that problem there's so many problems um but getting rid of uh pre-existing condition coverage isn't one of them and at the end of the day the republican plan saying it's not a mandate it is a mandate because there's a 30 percent tax on people who don't get health care after after i believe it's uh two months so um it's just it is what it is anyway a lot of things to talk about we'll keep talking about it right here on able against top hat thank you so much for supporting the show go to itunes and rate and review us we've been crushing it we've been crushing itunes for a couple of years now we've been <laughs> we've been doing okay we do okay you yeah. know we do okay and then uh let's see anything else marcus i think that's it man follow us on all the social media shit yes. at marcus parks at ben kissel that's right and you can find me on instagram at ben kissel one i'm doing that a little bit more mm-hmm. that's fun yeah i'm doing so do a little bit um all right everyone I will talk to you soon. I'll give a hail yourselves because I feel like we want to do a hail yourselves. Sure. Sure. All right, everyone. Talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and Sirius XM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and Sirius XM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.